0: Hi, Nancy. Hi, Serge. <laughs> so, uh, you're the person who founded the magazine for our profession, Somatic Psychotherapy Today. How did that come about?
1: Well, when I was a graduate student, um, I was asked if I wanted to be the editor um, of the association newsletter for the United States Body um, Association of Psychotherapy and working with them in their newsletter, and then working um, on the peer-reviewed journal, the International Body Psychotherapy Journal, I started noticing a lot of gaps in the literature. I'm doing my research for my projects, for my dissertation. There's a lot of academic out there, um, and then there's chit-chat for associations, but there was nowhere for voices like my own, as a student, as a clinician, to talk about what was happening in my life, in my clients, in my clinical work um sort of that first-person familiar, this is what's going on, and I thought we really need a magazine. And I know that there are magazines out there, Psychotherapy Networker, Psychology Today, but they're more focused on cognitive behavioral sciences, and I was more focused on somatic psychology and body psychotherapy. And I also wanted to contact people around the world. Those two magazines are very much centered in the United States. I'm to know what was happening with body psychotherapists in Italy and Israel and France, as well as the United States. So I thought, this is what we need. So I yeah. started it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so that's, that's a curiosity that came from uh, your own um, interest uh, as a student, as a practitioner in somatic psychotherapy, um, and uh, a sense of a missing kind of voice, um, so, other than um, uh, psychotherapy, what else is in your background that maybe prepared you for that?
1: Well, I started out as a teacher, um, and my first love always has been writing. Um, I actually wanted to be a writing teacher, but I started with sixth grade and taught everything. Um, and that led me to get my master's as a reading specialist, um, because so many of my students in the inner city schools over that really couldn't read and write. And I just have always valued reading and writing. So I went to train in that and then ended up working at the high school level and really started using my students' writing to teach them how to read. And I got more and more immersed in that. And then I was always, I started freelance writing uh, professionally. So I ended up getting my master's in nonfiction writing. And started teaching at the college level, teaching freshman composition, creative nonfiction, fiction writing. And then I started facilitating writing groups. And people were joking, saying, this is the best group therapy I've ever had. And I thought, I really need to learn more about this use of writing and therapy. Um, And then they changed the mandate for um, the freshman composition to use personal narrative to teach writing. And I've got 18-year-olds away from home for the first time, and they're writing about rape and eating disorders and suicide attempts and just depression. And I'm thinking, this writing is just so powerful and being present on the page. And I really need to be able to support their presence and not try and teach them, in quotes, style and format and structure. Um, So I ended up training in narrative therapy. And then I ended up getting my master's degree in clinical psychology with a focus on somatics. Um, And as my writing groups kept growing and people kept coming, and they really were coming more for the group therapy than the writing, I ended up getting my doctorate in clinical psychology with a somatic focus. Um, And my groups, I mean, I'm thinking every six weeks a new group will come in. I've had groups that started with me, and it's been eight plus years. They're still meeting without me. And they're still following the guidelines, still using the writing. And actually, we ended up starting to publish anthologies. Um, Several have published their own books. Um, And it's become, when my group at the Women's Housing Authority, several of the women ended up moving out of the authority, getting jobs, stabilizing their life. And it's all through the act of writing and being together in a presence with a community that's supportive. So I really bring all of that into my writing itself when I write. And when I interview people or I'm reviewing books, I'm always looking at it as a relationship. And how is this interaction between myself and the text, myself and the writer, supportive of the person and the community? Yeah. Because so that's... I guess some of my background.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so from, uh, from early on, that sense of, uh, you know, there's more to writing than putting words together in a nice way. Uh, it's a sense of the presence, the voice, the community, the healing that can come out of it. Uh, and, um, and obviously you incorporate that in your role as an editor. Yes. And a founding editor now who has other editors working with her in this magazine. So, so how do you, what's the mix of, um, that makes up this magazine?
1: Well, it's, we really try to capture what's trending right now um, in, in our practice. Um, we, we take a look at global perspectives, what's happening worldwide um, in body psychotherapy and somatic psychology. We're taking a look at clinical resources. We're taking a look at research. We call it praxis and somatics. Um, We have um, starting a whole beautiful list of people blogging, um, sharing their short snips of what's going on clinically, how they're addressing what's happening, what's happening in their methodology. Um, We're trying to bring in mind, body, spirit. We're trying to bring in nutrition. We're trying to bring in movement. Um, We try and capture... What what people are writing about, what's important to them, because if you're writing about what's important to you, it's going to impact readers as, yeah, this really resonates. Yeah. How can I maybe work with that? Uh, we're coming up with our first print issue, and I'm currently reading and editing the articles for that. And we're taking a look at the shadow side in the nursery. We're looking at... Uh, what happens neonatally with the metabolic system, and how to support and access an infant's metabolic system, and help re-regulate that through cranial biodynamic cranial cerebral therapy. Um, So we're looking at all the different venues and approaches to work with mothers, infants, families, to create a healthier beginning, so that then they have a smoother uh, rest of their life, adult life. we, we, we focus on themes for the print issues, um, and the online articles, we, we just have a whole bunch of different areas. So, so,
0: so maybe let's talk a little bit about the, what's online, what's uh, print, because as uh, the past few years, it's been online, and there's a change happening. So do you want to talk a little bit about the change and, and, and how you see it evolving?
1: Well, for the last eight years, I've been a, pretty much a one-woman show. I have been doing the, a lot of the writing, all of the editing, the copy editing, getting articles, creating PDFs, um, and putting the PDFs online um, so that it actually is like a magazine, um, running articles on the website. Everything has been completely free. And it's gotten to a point now where I needed help. Um, and so as we're moving into our ninth volume, uh, coming out in March, we'll actually be in print. And subscribers who pay now to subscribe, subscription has been free, but now it's changing. People that pay to subscribe will get an actual magazine mailed to their home or office, whichever address they choose. Um, the articles that are in the magazine will not be posted on the website as they have in the past. Those will just be predominantly in the magazine. There'll be starts to it like we always do so people can see get what's going on inside. But to read the whole article, you'll need to be a subscriber. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're going to change the format online as well so that we'll still have some free content, but we're also going to have a lot of subscriber base. And the other thing that's really exciting for me, um, as always missing my my teaching and my writing groups, is we're going to start some community involvement um, with subscribers. Authors that want to have a new book reviewed can donate four copies to four people that volunteer to read it, Um, They will be given guidelines on how to read and respond and then we'll do an online meeting. We call it Folio Fellowship where the author can meet with the reviewers and I'll facilitate and we can talk about the strengths of the book, the areas where it hits, how it can be used um, for personal growth, for clinic growth to take to your clients. Um, The other thing that I'm going to start is um, people that want to submit an article but they're not quite sure how. I'm going to start writing groups. So there'll be six people that commit to being part of a writing group, and they can bring their thoughts, their articles, and from the ground up, we'll work together in a supportive community to teach them how to write an article. And that article will be for the magazine, but the skills that they'll learn, they can take to anywhere that they need in terms of writing, whether it's a blog, um, a professional article um, for magazines. Um, If people want to focus on academic, I'll start an academic group. If they want to take a look at how to write for peer-reviewed journals, um, I'll do some support with that also for subscribers.
0: So, so really, what we're talking about here is not a magazine in the traditional sense of the term, but something that is a community. Um, and, uh, and subscribing to the magazine is not just to have access to specific content, but is also to support that community.
1: Yes. yeah, We're, we're going to be doing a video series called Gifting Back, and we're inviting subscribers to do a 20-minute video, just giving a gift. Um, It's not about self-promotion. It's not about my process, me. It's about here's something really cool that I think you might find useful. And so you'll be able to access that. I've I've got some, we've got um, like Dr. Ray Johnson is going to do a video on gender neutral language, which for me is a challenge. I'm so used to the he, she, and learning to write gender neutrally is fascinating for me. Um, And so she's going to share a video on just how, how, what does that look like, sound like? Um, we have somebody who's going to do some breathing exercises. We've got a Qigong desk exercise. For those of us like me that sit at a desk all the time, it's great to have a six-minute exercise. I can just take a time out and pause, <sighs> do a little exercise, calm down. So we're really trying to tap into what our community brings and allow them to share with one another, to post their papers that they've been publishing, to get input on their papers they're publishing. We really want this to become... A workshop area so that we're sharing what we're writing, we're sharing what we're doing and we're getting feedback and interaction so we're not isolated.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So what happens I think is people tend, as therapists, we see our clients, we have our families, we have our friends, but when it comes to the dynamic of really sharing what's happening um, safely because of HIPAA laws, because of confidentiality, there needs to be a place where we can be. Um, We're going to start a coffee chat where people can come you know, 10 o'clock in the morning and just chat about whatever's on their mind clinically, yeah, you know, yeah. what's happening. And we're going to do some case studies. Um, Dr. Barnaby Barrett and Dr. Ray Johnson have agreed to, um, down the road, help facilitate some case studies so people can bring in a case and have colleagues listen and give some advice um, with facilitated advice some from trainers, teachers. Um, so we're really just trying to create a place people can come um, and be and share. yeah, yeah so
0: so in that sense, um, I find the uh, name magazine, if we just define it by the name magazine, a little bit misleading uh, yeah. in the sense that it's much more than a magazine. and um, the magazine seems to be a part of that community. that's what strikes me in what you're describing. Uh, so my own impression would be to to really emphasize the idea um, that this is a community of which the magazine is a part. That yes. people are invited to subscribe to. Is that something that feels right to, to put it in these terms?
1: Very much so. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing inside because when I was a reading specialist um, at the K-5 to school in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, I started a program called The Magical Mailbox <laughs> because the kids needed some reason to be writing. I mean, okay, I'm writing, but... I'm writing for an audience, but I have no audience. So they submitted their writing to our Magical Mailbox. I trained fourth graders to become editors, and they worked with the students one-on-one, so they were in relationship with the author, helping them with their piece, so that it then could be published in the Magical Mailbox. And we had 15 different ways of publishing and celebrating their writing, uh, we, we had, you know, kindergartners drawing pictures, our publishing. Um, we, we actually ended up with some fourth and fifth graders getting accepted in professional children's magazines with their <laughs> articles. So it was always about how do we work together, write together, grow, bring our text to where it needs to be, and then facilitate an audience. Mm-hmm. So the magazine becomes a, a beginning point. Okay, I want to write this. I want to share this. And I can actually publish it in a magazine that will reach out and be accessible to my colleagues around the world as opposed to just me writing it and giving it to a couple of friends yeah, Yeah. Um, or me writing it and nobody seeing it. Um, So I'm hoping that the magazine becomes one part of our sharing with authors and sharing our books and writing together in community. Um, And we can explode and grow. We're looking at maybe doing webinars down the road as another way to share what's going on, sharing people's work. Um, It's so different than the academics. Mm -hmm. Uh, Academics are very precise and very regimented, and we have the ability to be flexible, to oscillate, to breathe, to move, and to see where the community is going and how to contain and be a safe container, but also be supportive and expansive. So that's sort of what I'm trying to project. Great, great, great. So that feels like a
0: very nice place to end, but I just want to check if you have something else that you might want to add.
1: I just want to thank you for the opportunity. I know a lot of people are wondering, why should I all of a sudden have to pay for something that's been free for eight years? Um, And it's basically because it's going beyond now just a PDF with people's writing. Uh, We are creating a a community um, beyond just the written word. Um, so with that, we need support to make all this happen, (laughs) so that's the the reason, so we hope you'll join our community, Um, and we're always looking for submissions, authors, um, reviewers, so if you're interested in being part of our community, um, both as a reader and engaged, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks, Nancy. Thank you, Serge.
0: This is part of the Relational Implicit podcast. To see more and subscribe to the newsletter, go to relationalimplicit.com.